Before we recorded this week's podcast, the Russian invasion of Ukraine had begun. We at Bebop Tabletop are disgusted at the senseless attack and stand with the people of Ukraine. There are links to Ukrainian charities in the episode description, and we encourage you to donate if you're able. Please take care of yourselves and your loved ones. Three, two, one. This is Bebop Tabletop, the podcast that's turning each episode of Cowboy Bebop into a tabletop RPG. I'm Lee Joe John. I'm Andrew Wu. And together, we're remixing the characters, music, and themes into a game we can play. Let's jam. Howdy, Bop Tops. How's it going? I hate that, but we're going to keep that forever. Welcome to Bebop Tabletop, session 19 This is a special episode where we're not going to talk about an individual episode, but instead, today, we're going to talk about the art of Cowboy Bebop. And part of that discussion is also talking about the art of tabletop RPG products in general. So with me today, as always, is Mr. Lee Joe John. Lee Joe, how arty do you feel? I'm clearly a connoisseur of art. I mean, I I watch Cowboy Bebop, don't I? Art's pretty neat, you know? (laughs) It's pretty neat. Yeah. No, I think I think clearly we are the best experts here to talk about the neatness of art. But thankfully, we also have a very good friend of ours here. Please welcome Travis Overstreet. Hi, Travis. How's it going? Hey, guys. And all you Bob Toppers. <laughs> I can't believe we said Bob Top. I yep. cannot believe it. <laughs> I was ashamed of it the second you said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Travis... You are an artist. Uh, you've worked at many game studios. You are a, I know, the, I mean, I, I remember you led a lunch and learn one time where you taught me about 3D modeling. I'd love for you to talk about your your background in art. <laughs> Arts in studios? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, so right now I'm working at EA as a concept artist on uh, Sims. Um, before that, uh, basically worked with Wu and a couple other companies in Chicago doing games and stuff like that. And before that, went to art school and did all that stuff. And yeah, that, that's art. It's me and art. Cool for <laughs> it. I paid too, pay too much money and I'm almost done paying it off almost. Well, oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. important. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, went and learned about art, paid a lot of money and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and then got a job in Chicago and started working in games. So, Travis... I know that you're well versed into you know the tabletop RPG world, and as well as a connoisseur of anime. Do you want to talk about your background a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I, I actually DM a game right now with Wu. Yeah, he plays a little little round chubby rogue uh, dwarf guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So I so, and I've played um, a little bit of D and I play in a game now, um, and in the past, like not so much. Like I didn't get into D and D until late. Uh, but I did like Warhammer in high school and things like that. So like mm. dabbling and like getting my toe in. So so yeah. So I, I like all kinds of board games and and stuff like that. But as far as anime goes, I don't watch anime. Like I used to in, in high school. I watched like Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon. Uh, like what was it? Whatever was on Toonami, which is what is fucking weird that I never saw Cowboy Bebop because yeah. I watched all the other anime. Like fucking Ronin Warriors. Do you remember like Ronin Warriors or whatever where they, they turn into like samurai? <laughs> Vaguely, I watched that yeah. shit. They had like super 80s or 70s hair. It was, but it was like anime. It was very bizarre. Um, mm. I, that, like, I mean, like literally anything anime that was on Toonami, I watched 
but woo. Except for Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. You told me that it came out like 98 and then was like in the early 2000s in American TV, right? And on Toonami. Yep. Uh, just about. Yeah. Yeah. That's Give prime time. Like I was going to art, like I was going to high school in my art class and like drawing Dragon Ball Z characters. So I know I was watching the shit out of anime on Toonami specifically. So how the frick did I miss this? I don't, I don't know. But anyways, so miss Cowboy Bebop. Just watched two episodes mm. today, um, but I stopped watching anime in art school because I got so like well, a lot of the issues with anime and quality started getting pointed out to me mm. like during my classes. And then in art school, you have these certain kids that are just super into anime and every class you're with you're in with them. They draw anime like the teacher mm. will give them the assignment to draw a portrait of themselves from life. Like it's supposed to look like you like it, it's not it, it's an exercise. Mm. Right. So uh, who cares about your style? You draw what you see and they would literally just draw an anime picture of themselves like that kind of stuff. Like every project they did was some anime related thing and you just want to like grab them and like shake them. Um, <laughs> so th- th- that fascinates me because I think well, when we had Patty on here a couple weeks ago. Uh, we said uh, we were talking about the same thing about what drove you away from anime, yeah. and I think it was the fandom, right? It, it's the same <laughs> problem of like uh, the you know fandoms can sometimes be great, but uh, when they're so intense and they're so focused, it and I think like there's there's not a welcoming culture to it either, right? There's a there's a almost like a, there's a gatekeeping, right? Yeah, Where yeah. It's like, hey, you're not as intense a fan as I am, and therefore you are inferior, and I don't want to deal with you. And then there's like, a, you know, a doubling down, a doubling down of of absorbing yourself in that culture. And it's just like, yeah, I, I, I like this stuff at that time, but enough people told me I wasn't that good of a fan. So I said, yeah, fine, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not a fan anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm out, <laughs> right? It's just exhausting, like when it's like every like everything about their identity was like the anime. I'm like, for God's sakes, yeah. But it was mostly because it was art focused. Like if it, if it weren't art, if it was mm. just a person that liked the anime, I'm like yeah, cool, like absolutely, like you do you. But man, it's just I don't know, it's weird. But then also like I'm like, like why am I gatekeeping art school? I don't know. It's a whole mess. I hate myself <laughs> for hating That's it. That's true. <laughs> I should be more accepting of it. It's I have a complicated relationship with anime. Is what I'm trying to say. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, so, so, okay, my thing with anime is, so my big, the big thing that I look at, it's such a little thing, it's, so, when their chins don't move, when you're, when you're, when you're, when the character's talking, and their chins don't move, and it drives me nuts because it's a cheap, it's, it's like a, it's, 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 they do it because it's cheap, because you can just swap Mm -hmm. a mouth shape, right, and you don't have to actually animate the, 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 oh, and then like when they turn and their mouth is like fully facing the camera and they're like in profile. I saw that a couple mm. times in the episodes I watched the Cowboy Bebop and I was like, ah, oh, sure. Yeah. Takes me out of it. I think it, it's one of the differences. Um, and, you know, Lee Joe, please correct me because I don't know anime that well either. But there is uh, usually a difference between like a long running series and what do they call them? OVAs. Right. And then movies. Right. Where. Yeah. Because those like the OVA is like a special, right? And then a movie is definitely a, a, a like a singular event, yeah. And like they have a different kind of budget, where like you know one One Piece runs forty episodes a season or whatever, and each of them, you know, they have the same budget as 
you know, like a two OVA run, which is the same budget of like a quarter of a movie, right? So that you, uh-huh. you can see that there's a difference in you know animation quality just because of like, money. Miyazaki, I love Miyazaki. So like that stuff mm-hmm. is fantastic. That's great. You're talking about two different budgets, and kind of like what Wu said, the the budget for animation in Miyazaki has got to be different from a standard 12 episode series, especially if it's not one of the, you know, big hype series. Right. And yes, of course, I, I don't want to be an anime apologist. It sounds like the worst possible thing. (laughs) Do it, do it. (laughs) But I think we all are aware that they will save and they will skimp and save on animation on stuff. That's not that interesting. And when, so that they can spend it on the big old battle or the big set piece. I'm I'm a total like I completely agree that like I, I I hate that I don't like it right like I don't I know that I'm like gatekeeping and being terrible and like pretentious and it's like no nah, like, I just can't help it I just can't help it and I don't I don't think you're being gatekeeping I think uh, I in fact I 100 I probably watch the most anime of the three of us here and. I will readily admit that a lot of it is garbage. Uh, so, so don't don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's the only art form, but it's definitely one of the art forms that I have to have the most caveats for. I definitely <laughs> cannot recommend it to most people, especially the quote unquote quote unquote normie community. I <laughs> if I recommend something to, to the you know to that community, it's got to be like next layer like again uh mm-hmm. recently i've been recommending arcane to my more normie yeah. friends you know it's a great series yeah. on netflix if you haven't watched it yeah. go ahead and watch it uh and i think it's wonderful and i think it's it is probably very accessible but if i tried to get them to watch something more bombastic something more standard anime mm, i don't think i could you know i love like i love haikyuu it's a anime about boys playing volleyball but it is so over the top that a normal person would need to be several layers deep before I could recommend that to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, yeah, I want to like it. It should make it, it, it should. Be, that's what drives me nuts. It's like I should like all of this. I should be very much into all of these things. And it's just yeah, I, I think I have trauma from from art school. I think that's all it is. I think I, I am like, I have PTSD from art school that has tainted any future relationship with anime. Uh, but I will say the, the backgrounds in Bebop, like those are freaking dope. I like the art on the backgrounds is really nice. They have like this like watercolor style. That was dope. Intro was good. The intro is a classic, and also, like, I, I don't know how much of the episodes you saw, but a lot of the, especially the scenery, the backgrounds are wonderful. The world building, like, uh, yeah. you know, Tijuana is, you know, has one feel, whereas Callisto or, you know, Ganymede, like, Ganymede is supposed to be more like France, or I think yeah. France? Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds right. Yep. And then, you know, Callisto was more supposed to be like Siberia, and, like, there's so much... There's so much character into the world that, yeah. uh, like, I think that's one of the things that are just beautiful about the art style. Uh, yeah, even if, you know, <laughs> anime can be a limiting medium. You watched Mushroom Samba, right? So, I, so Mushroom Samba think, and the one after that where they're going after the VHS tape. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, speak like a child. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, like, one of the things in Mushroom Samba 
that I, so well mushroom samba is interesting in that it was a very action focused episode right and i think <laughs> like i think one of the parts where bebop excels is in that action animation right it feels yeah. like uh, it feels almost like it's rotoscoped right it's like yeah, when yeah. when some like that one was not a kung fu focused episode but when whenever spike is doing some kung fu it feels like a like they looked at Bruce Lee's moves on film and said, let's do that, but animated, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a fluidity to it. Uh, that is contrary, right, to the the seeming anime budget limitations we, we've talked about already. I will say, I mean, like for, it, it's definitely like a, it's like a step above. It's like higher quality anime TV, for sure. Like it's mm-hmm. not Dragon yep. Ball Z. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> those are the ones that are like real bad. Um, yeah. But no, it's good. And the thing is, I think I like the world and the story because I mm-hmm. like the TV show. Like the, that was that was enjoyable. Um, and like I said, like the design of everything is really cool. And it's very like, I guess, groundbreaking. Right. Like it was definitely like a mm-hmm. new yep. kind of design. It was a little bit like, um, oh, what's the French guy that did like the really intricate um, kind of pen and inks? Yeah, he's pretty famous, like um, uh, sci fi illustrator Mobius. Oh, Mobius. the. Ah uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that's so, like the Fifth Element, and like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So so starting to touch on Valerian, that, but like right? yeah, 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 yeah. Very very similar, yeah. but then like so like um, the little like panels and stuff, and the ships that are kind of like almost they they're like um, hard surface, but also kind of like bulbousy kind of th- you know feel. Mm-hmm. They've got yeah. all the panels and stuff. So like starting to hit that kind of aesthetic, kind of mixed with like a little bit of like the kind of like eighties kind of. Um, uh, computer tech kind of like thick monitors mm-hmm. and things like that mixed in yeah uh, like so like their design language is, is definitely like innovative and I think um, kind of set a precedence or like you know kind of like mm-hmm. move things forward so like yeah it's literally you know <laughs> I guess if you really break it down the 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 only thing that bothers me is literally just like I guess the 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 care you know what it's characters mouths that is that's all it is like I feel like <laughs> now that I'm talking through this I'm like if, if if they had a better chin budget, I think I'd be good. And if they put a nose on the little girl, sometimes their nose oh, their yeah. nose disappears. Now I know it's an anime thing, but like if they did like those two things, I think I'd be I think I'd be good. I I wonder, yeah, like because you know their their designs are very stylized, right? Yeah, the yeah. People, so I, I, that that's what's interesting, right? Is that the the people have a very distinct style, and then. Yeah, that world is going for, and we we've talked about before this idea of this retro future, right? Like this, you know, they all have. Uh, I think I remember, like we mentioned, or Lijo mentioned that uh, they don't have a touch screen yet because mm-hmm. when this episode, when these episodes, when the series came out, like there were weren't really that many touch screens yet. Uh, there are, like, I always get the impression that the monitors, every TV screen that is shown in the series is actually like uh, like a CRT. Like it's a big tube yeah. underneath it, right? Huh? Uh, and like, yeah, like that that language is cool. Like physical switches rather than than yeah, you know, physical switches and buttons and knobs, right? Like it that, feels that's, like aliens, right? Like it feels like that kind of yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, I it, in the dude, if they did like an anime of aliens in that style, I'd probably mm. be super on board. So I really like aliens, even without the chins, even if yeah, they don't animate the chins, the chins. I will, I will, I will give them no chins. Uh, if they'll give me aliens, that would be another compromise <laughs> I could do. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I Le- can't Legio, do you know any? One. Yeah. I was going to say, Legio, do you know any uh, animes that focus on the chins, chin animation budget? <laughs> I honestly 
you know, now that I, so I, I'm aware of these things, like it's just kind of like animation tricks, but like, I guess I never thought about it to this degree. So now I'm going to watch whatever I'm going to watch and I'm going to be stuck on noticing this lack of chin movement. And I'm going to blame you for this, Travis, but Please. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a secondary trauma. I'm just passing on my trauma to other people. <laughs> time did cowboy bebop come on, bebop come on like was it a late night thing it was always late yeah and i think it's because it was considered an adult show basically yeah, yeah. my my theory and i don't know if there's some toonami historian out there that can correct me but my theory is that cowboy bebop is the main reason adult swim happened oh uh, toonami toonami came on because it was a you know it was like as somebody at Cartoon Network, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, right? Uh, somebody at Cartoon Network said, hey, I love anime and I want a place to f show this. Right? Yeah. I want to show this to people. Right? We have a channel. And that became Toonami. And then they started talking about, well, what shows do we want to watch? What shows can we show? And they said, like, oh, and, you know, anime, you know, the difference between cartoons in the West versus anime, right? Yeah. Or that generally... Uh, cartoons in the West were for children, or at least by the 90s, right? Cartoons yeah. in the West were for children. And anime instead was more like, no, this is just television, another yeah. form of telling stories of all kinds. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Cowboy Bebop was brought up, it's like, hey, I'm sure somebody at you know, William Street right, was like, <laughs> I love Cowboy Bebop. I cannot show this on a TV, sh uh, on a channel called Cartoon Network <laughs> that is primarily focused towards children. Oh, that like, show, this show is so horny. It's so horny. Right? It, it, it's a horny show. It's a, it's a drug-taking show. It's a <laughs> drinking show. It's a gambling show. It's a murder show, right? Like, we... This is not, you know, this is this is not TVYFV, right? Like, this, yeah. is, this is far above. <laughs> oh. So, uh, my, my theory is that, you know, this was able to get through as something that's like, okay, it's a different block, it's a different mode of the network yeah. that eventually gives us like, hey, well, we can't show this before. You know, it's cable rules, so we can actually right. show it whenever. Right. But just to be safe, let's show it after 10 p.m., huh? right? Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure Cowboy Bebop never aired before that block. And that turned into Adult Swim eventually. Eventually yeah, it became yeah. like, hey... I remember those bumper ads, right? All kids out of the wall, all kids out of yes. the pool, right? Yes. <laughs> like it's Adult Swim, right? the original, yeah. Uh, and and that, I, I think it's Cowboy Bebop. Like I think that is what. If you like Rick and Morty, yeah. you have to thank Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, I know. I think, I, I think those yeah. are the rules. Yeah. Okay, I think we've been talked into liking Cowboy Bebop. Like it's funny too. <laughs> you talk about being corny every time on two episodes. If there were mm -hmm. boobs on the screen, they would go out of their way, not just to focus on them, but to like frame them with some de like secondary device that's like just to make sure you're looking here. Right. Like these these are boobs. <laughs> and, oh, man. And, like her shirt. It's like it's always there's like two giant highlights right on, on her boobs. Always. They're no matter what the defying. lighting is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Like, so from geez. and from an art perspective. Yeah. How, how did how do you think of uh, phase design? So like very kind of, almost you know almost like adventure time like tube limbs in a, in a lot of the ways she's drawn sometimes with like boobs. Like <laughs> they, they don't accentuate really any other part of her body other than like hey she's got big boobs. <laughs> it's like every every other part they're like yeah cool hot dog legs. I don't give a shit. Like let's mm. look at the boobs. Um cuz like there were a couple shots when she, like they show her from behind 
like the there was one that was really cool shot that was like um and i think this is in the mushroom one when she's tripping and she's like in mm-hmm. front of all these fish and they like swim by mm-hmm. it's really pretty but like she's silhouetted or kind of and it's literally it was like like hips like the shape of hips but then like her legs kind of just came down like tubes like little like sausages mm-hmm. kind of hanging off of her um and i noticed it a couple times with um uh, what's her name? The the little girl is like running around like Ed, yeah. very Ed is very spastic when she's running and it's like mm-hmm. yeah, just like two arms just like flailing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean it's more like a, like a Mickey Mouse cartoon, right? She yeah, is yeah. a she's definitely a character from a different show yeah. right? dropped into this. Yeah. But I mean I don't I don't like have an issue with character design. Like the character designs are, mm-hmm. are fun and fine. Um yeah, like especially compared to like other animes where it gets like really bananas and nutty. Uh, yeah, I think the character designs are good. Um, I, I literally, like, again, it's just the chins. That's, that's all it is. I'm realizing now I just have a problem with chins. I think my entire problem with anime <laughs> is chins. <laughs> that's going to be the, that's the, t- that's the quote for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are making a game out of this, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Wait, that's so, what we're doing? Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I've I've seen some 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 rough uh, some rough rules and whatnot. Um, it's pretty cool. I like it. But so the question then, what kind of like style are you imagining? So it's like cowboy bebop style art, right? Probably. Like yeah. I think that makes the most sense to me, yep. right? Like if we are, so I've, I've talked about it before how the target audience of this game are people that, you know, maybe have played a couple of games of Dungeons and Dragons here and there, or yeah. maybe some other RPG system. Yeah. Uh, are super fans of Cowboy Bebop have either, you know, either watched it a long time ago or are just discovering it now, yeah. uh, which I don't, I don't know how large of a group that might be because it's a 20 some year old show. I think a decent amount uh, though with the TV show on Netflix. That's possible too, right? right? That might have brought a, uh, yeah, yeah. And part of part of uh, this project was also like kind of hoping for a, a renaissance of Cowboy Bebop, right? Something yeah, yeah. like to bring more eyes to this uh-huh. to this property, right? And so you know, so the target audience would be those folk uh, that maybe don't have that much experience in the tabletop side, right? Like yeah. that this is a game built for Cowboy Bebop fans and is kind of an introduction to tabletop gaming overall, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think so. Then that that informs the art style, right? Where mm-hmm. it most likely needs to be pretty bebop styled, right? I, yeah. I don't want to just straight up straight rip off their style, right? Like I, I don't think that no, okay, helps. I don't think that so adds, right? Like when you release it, are you the, going to like yeah. sell it or, or like um, advertise it as bebop, or are you going to say like inspired by bebop with a different name? Uh, no, for sure, like. Uh, there is an official Cowboy Bebop RPG coming out later this year. What? Uh, I haven't seen news from it in a while, but uh, okay. it is coming out. Uh, they're planning to do run a Kickstarter, I believe. Ah. Uh, and lo- like, we're, you know, I'm excited to see it as well. Yeah. But uh, so our game, and we're not alone in this space either. There have okay. been previous games that have been inspired by Cowboy Bebop. Okay. okay. And, you know, I think we, you know, we'll, it will be nice to count ourselves among that company. Yeah. Just because okay. it is... Uh, you know, people love people love this show. People love this genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fun to play around in that universe in a bit, mm-hmm. right? Even if you don't have the, uh, you know, if you have to file off the serial numbers to get, you know, <laughs> uh, but to get the same high, right? Like, yeah, like it, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so for us, like that's kind of that line we're trying to find as well. Yeah. It's like we are clearly inspired by these things, but yeah. uh, you know, like we won't be able to have exactly the same characters or yeah. situations because. Well, uh, yeah, that's not. We're yeah. trying to build something new. Yeah, out of it, right? yeah. I think as long as they don't come after you, you're fine. Because like the the game mechanic that I think you have set up, like the way the game is played, as far as like the mission structures and things like that, I, mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Um, com- and then combining that with the way you guys are doing your your dice and your rolls and stuff like that, I think is mm-hmm. is also like I think it's a great combination. So like no matter what, I think you should go through with like actually making it. Um, right. Yeah, I think it'd be worthwhile. Yeah, like we, you know, when the, and I think, I, I don't think I've ever talked about it on air, what our plans yeah. might be for, for publishing. Yeah. So something we're looking into, because uh, we're, we're not currently making any money off of this podcast. Uh, yeah. There are no ads. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if we're planning to ever uh, run ads on this. Like it's not, uh, it's not my favorite thing in most other podcasts. It, right, I, I get right. it, and it is something we would like to keep open as an option, just in case. But, I, I mean, if, uh, if they my are pillow comes annoying. calling, <laughs> right? It's like yeah, I gotta get that, gotta get <laughs> that uh, Hello money. Fresh money, right? Gotta get that Hello <laughs> Fresh. Right. Um, the honey, it's not the thing bees <laughs> puke from their butts. That's that's the Dungeons and Daddies. Um, yeah, so, so like you know that that is an option, like yeah. as as. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what our plans are for a season two of this podcast either. Mm-hmm. Does it turn into? Uh, does it turn into a bebop tabletop actual play? Does it? Right. Uh, do we focus on a new TV show to adapt? Do we? You know, like there are there are a lot of options, and we and we are yeah. not sure yet. Um, one of the things that would help a lot would definitely be money, right? Like yeah. if there was yeah. money in it, we were more likely to continue and try new right. things. Right. Yeah. Um, but for sure, our plans for the game itself are to publish the rule set in some form. Okay. Right. And uh, I was looking a little bit into uh, how how does one finance these things? Like, how does one okay. uh, publish a R, publish an RPG? Yeah. Right? And yeah. I've I've done only a very brief amount of in, of research. One of the things I've seen is that one, the art is the most expensive part, like far and above. Right, because well, right. and I think most of this is because most designers are not artists themselves, yeah, or yeah. you know, are not. Uh, that's not their primary focus, usually right. at least. Yep. So they have a certain look that they want in mind, and like you know, like us here, like you know, there's a certain yeah. look I want to have in mind, but I'm not able to achieve that with my current art skills. Yeah. Right. And, and <laughs> so it's funny too, because like art costs more than people think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And deserve like that's the thing. It, it deserves that amount. <laughs> I think that. I mean, I I always feel pretty great when I get paid a lot for art. I feel like I'm paying the system. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so so that is one of the things I saw is like yeah. uh, common. You know, if you so that's the thing. Like if you produce a I don't know like a 500 page book, which yeah. that's far larger than I'm thinking. I yeah. think at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, but but you that is say that, that is in the but realm. It's, it's growing. It's growing. It is getting yeah. a lot. I mean, like, this handbook has gotten a lot larger in the last few weeks than I'd like to admit. <laughs> but my, you think about my, what... my, uh, I was going to my my guideline is the Dungeons and Dragons world, right? Like those books. I think the Player's Guide is three hundred pages. The Dungeon Master's Guide is five hundred pages. It, the, you know, those are big books. But right, if you look at the books Gary Gygax first published, though, weren't they like smaller hmm. pamphlets? Absolutely, right. right? And, so, and that was him beginning. So like, I feel like keep like maybe if you like put that restriction on yourself of mm-hmm. like keep it small and like 
I, I would say like like one small book and then like uh, an adventure or two with like decent art would like get you started, right? Yeah, I, I think that's almost certainly where we're going to start, right? Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, so uh, my publishing idea, my and this is rough, and you know probably will change, yeah. but the idea I think is that when this show is complete, when this uh, let's call it season one uh, yeah. of Bebop Tabletop is done in about uh, I think a couple more months, right? I think okay. we don't have that many we don't have that many more episodes of the anime to cover. I should say, yeah, right? and yeah. that would be like a season one. Uh, I would like to have something published, and probably mm-hmm. we'll put it up on Itch or maybe uh, let's see one Drive Through RPG. Yeah, right. Some some copy that we'd likely sell for some amount of money. Okay, right? uh, and that would be almost like artless. Like maybe there'd be like a cover art, and the rest yeah. of the game would just be uh, the rest of the book would just be game description. Would be text, right? Sure, sure. Uh, we almost we do some design work or layout work, right? Because it, otherwise, it's hard to read as well. But you could uh, save, most likely. You, yeah. So here, here's my pitch, right? So mm. Cowboy Bebop intro, a lot of silhouettes, a lot of dark, like like cheap art to make, right? So like when you're mm-hmm. talking about like most RPGs, like like the D and D handbook and things like that, they're like these full mm-hmm. illustrated, like gorgeous things. You mm-hmm. could have one of those like as the cover right for like the bebop style but then the interior could be like very simple kind of stylized intro stuff like they have in, mm-hmm. in the intro um of characters and weapons and things like you don't have to go crazy on it to still like mm-hmm. sell it and have it be like thematic and i'd argue that uh really a lot of those like handbooks and stuff don't have like extensive amounts of art they're more like flavor if you if you look at like some of the handbooks that D and D has, like there'll just be a random like skeleton picture because it's neat. It has yeah. nothing to do with what's going on in that in those couple of pages. So yeah, the the silhouettes especially seem like a very doable option for us. I mean, honestly, like the biggest things, like yeah, flavor. Like like anytime you just want to like have like something like you said, like skeleton. Oh, it's fun. Look at or like something that mm-hmm. sets the mood or something that establishes scale. Right, so that I can mm-hmm. see like this is how big my guy is compared to like a ship or something. Mm. Um, to me, those are like the the main things you would want. Yeah, we we're trying to evoke the world, right? Yeah. I think that's uh, you know, to further narrow my target audience vision on this is like the people that are most likely to buy this book are the are the I've been calling them game maestros, right? The the game master, <laughs> the person yeah. running the yeah. game. And they would love to have something that looks pretty, right? Yeah, right. And that that's. But I, I think more importantly, yeah, is is establishing like, well, what are, you know, like we we can establish what are the rules of this world through text and yeah. through rules and through character creation, uh, but art is also a critical component of yeah. feeling like, well, you know, what does it mean to be? Uh, you know, we were talking about the that retro future look, that tube mm-hmm. television look, right? Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, we can describe that in text, sure, but yeah. you know, a picture just describes that yeah. way more effectively. Are you wanting to like sell also like the like maps and stuff, like Roll Twenty, like that whole thing? Are you wanting to do like all of that? That was something I thought about today. Yeah. Is that because uh, our game doesn't do maps, right? We we are currently entirely theory to the mind in oh, terms okay. of combat. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's impossible to have maps, yeah. right? But it is, uh, and I, I've noticed too, like that is a pretty large mar- marketplace of uh, uh, yeah. tabletop 
I don't know, accoutrement, right? Right. Uh, people like to buy maps. People like to buy uh, adventure packs, right? Uh, uh, for us, for sure, like, I, I'd love there to be an, uh, an economy of people selling bounties, right? S- selling stories, selling adventures. That'd be great. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't think most of those markets exist for almost any game beyond Dungeons & Dragons, though. Right. I think right. Dungeons & Dragons kind of has a monopoly on that. That theater of the mind, though, like, I didn't realize, I totally didn't put that together when I was reading through, like, the, how the game was played, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it is, it's all theater of the mind, and to argue against what I just said, mm-hmm. yeah, don't, don't make the maps unless you don't have to, like, if it's theater of the mm-hmm. mind, freaking go for it, yeah, that's, I like that better, and especially coming from, like, a DM standpoint, that's so much easier mm-hmm. for the DM, um, and especially if you can kind of hand them like small adventures that kind of give them a little bit of backstory for characters and let them run. It's it's like one that. of those things where we don't want to overburden a new D, a new GM new DM. Creating maps is fun, you know, taking inspiration from various other locations or encounters you've had before, or just even you know paying for a map pack. Um, Though those are all fun, but that's also a lot more work for especially the newbie GM. And if we could do it theater of the mind, it would be easier for everybody. Also, yeah. we're not a war game. Our uh, we're mm-hmm. attempting to make our encounters pretty quick and snappy. You know, I don't want to spend. I don't want to whack an enemy and then spend forty five minutes waiting for my turn to come back. You know, that is that the is, thing I hate most about D anD D: the combat. Mm. Like, if there's a way to simplify the combat, awesome. We're trying to figure that out, and that that is not so easy. We were running, we're about to, you know, have playtests, and that's one of the little concerns we have is, is the encounter fun? And if not, how do we, how do we improve on that? Yep. Yeah, like, one of the things that still drives me nuts about D&D is there's, like, no solid way that you can say, I want to sneak up with this guy and slice his throat or I want to, I want to smother this mm-hmm. guy in his sleep. You know, it's like, Oh, well you have to roll for an attack and you'll get advantage and you'll get all these bonuses and stuff. But if it doesn't overcome his HP, I'm like, yeah, but that's not how stuff works. Like I, like I, like right. I can walk up to the strongest freaking guy in the world. If I have a knife and he's asleep and let's just, skin is made of like dragon scale or something like i can slit mm-hmm. his throat and he is dead like then the to me the challenge should be like he is in a room that's locked and it is in like this tall tower and he has taken measures to make sure that he's protected when he's not awake right um mm. that then is the challenge but yeah that that is i'm glad you guys are doing it this way i guess that's what i'm saying yeah the, the goals of our system are to emulate this show and yeah just as a consequence of that, the game becomes much more narrative focused. Yeah. Right. We're, you know, it, it is unsatisfying when, yeah, like if, if, if we get, if we catch the big bad when they are unaware, yeah, like, yeah there should be, we should be rewarded for that. Right. right. It should, right. it should be something that makes sense to follow rather than having to stick to, you know, the combat rules say now you got to wait. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like the combat rules say, Nah, he he dodged it, right? His his mm-hmm. AC is too high. Yeah. Right? Like that's unsatisfying. Uh-huh. Exactly. 100%. But to yeah. okay. to turn that on its head, we're also bad at the descriptive parts. When mm-hmm. we're in when we're talking about combat, we're not talking about a single strike and a single, you know, 
shrugging off of the blow, we're supposed to really envision like we're in a flurry of swings and blows and one manages to hit or mm-hmm. alternatively maybe he he is able to neutralize the magic just because we're bad at describing it and making combat more interesting doesn't necessarily mean the combat is bad i, I think there are there are issues with the combat but people have made it more interesting i think that we are just as amateurs, we are. We mm. there's a reason people don't pay us for our DMing. Me and Travis, you know, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not that's yet. season two of this show. Also, yeah, is uh, being paid to d- DM people's games. I'm assuming that's a thing. I haven't looked into this. So there's oh, absolutely there's a market yeah. for it. Yeah, there are there are professional game masters. Yeah. Ah. Uh, the way I like to think of adventuring parties and, and HP, like the rules around HP, are that everybody has one HP. Like I think, I think in reality, everybody only needs to be hit once, right? And that okay. means you die, right? Yeah. So what does that mean for? And I've seen this on uh, Dungeons uh, Dungeons and Dragons, like YouTubers mostly yeah, yeah. talking about how you know when your HP gets whittled down, it's not so much that you're losing health, yeah. like you've been cut and you're you're dying. It's more yeah. like your luck is running out. It's like every uh, HP you lose is like, oh, that's uh, one more chance of you getting, like you almost got hit this time. Yeah, so yeah. your luck runs down and then eventually it's on your last one and that's your only HP, yeah, <laughs> right? That's see, the I only like one that, that counts, right? Yeah, it's just a matter of calling And like describing different. combat that way might be uh-huh. more, might be more interesting, but I, I don't know. It, it's, uh, the abstraction is strange still. That'd be HP tough. is a strange yeah. abstraction. I don't know if you ever remember the, I, there was an interview with the developers of Uncharted, the video game, and they mm-hmm. talked about how how Nathan Drake could survive all these encounters with gun armed gunmen. And I, if I remember correctly, they said something along those lines. It's like uh, basically what you're what you're seeing, what they're trying to portray, is Nathan Drake's luck, and that mm-hmm. once his luck runs out, you know, it starts to fade to black and white, and then it fades to him dying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, you could argue that that's a something else like that is what combat is. I still think that, yes, you can only take one fatal shot, but people can shrug off a lot if you give them a chance, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so in technically it's not a life simulator, right? It's a game. It's it's been mm-hmm. played as a game, right? So there's that. And I like I enjoy the combat aspect of it. It just it drags sometimes a little bit. And I also like I just yeah. like the, the role playing a lot more. Just That's a lot the key more fun. to me. I like the role playing a lot more. Yeah. Like I just want an excuse and it's just an excuse to improv. Like that's literally all it is, right? <laughs> Oh, Travis, man. the big secret here is that all I'm doing is designing a system that I can improvise with my friends more with. <laughs> yeah, I know, That's right? all it is. Yeah. <laughs> the, see, the exclusive scoop here is that we've had one playtest so far. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, we're still processing our thoughts about it right now yeah. and things we'd like to improve and things we'd like to uh, – we're, we're, we're in the middle of that right now for an okay. upcoming episode, probably next week's episode, right. uh, where – yeah, the I think my first thought on it was that it was so much fun just improvising with my friends. Like that yeah. was yeah, that was uh, the system succeeded in that regard, and I think yep. that is a good start. Right? It's like so yeah, so it, it's almost like a it it for people who who have a hard time improvising or whatever it it, it facilitates mm-hmm. like the 
who's and the what's and the why's and the where's and things like that. So it takes that off of them. Basically, it gives them a head start to where they just have to make mm-hmm. the decisions. You know, they it's like a choose, yep. your, own, yeah, it's a choose your own adventure, right? But um, it frees them up. Yeah, that's... Yep. <sighs> okay, good. I like this game. If you guys don't make this game, I'd be very upset. Good. We're canceling the game. It's all over. Thanks, Travis. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess while I have you as an artist, let's try the controversial question. Uh, I've seen a lot of people online, especially artists, who have very strong opinions on when people use art that isn't specifically commissioned for them. Um, okay. Especially in the D&D community, where a lot of people will take art and, you know, they have a character for their, their D&D character and they'll post a random picture they found online as yeah. their avid their profile picture, you know, their I guess the avatar yeah. for their character. Now I've seen quite a bit of artists online who say that that's theft and that if you, you know, if it's not specifically made for you, you're stealing someone's, you know, intellectual property. And I find that a challenging concept, but Travis, the artist here, uh, what do you think? Uh, it's bullshit. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> so like, <sighs> That person still got their custom token or whatever, and they still like they paid for it or whatever. It's not like it's not like, like that's not your custom. Like you didn't need to determine what went into that character. They did like that's what they're paying for. They're paying to have like exactly what they want made and given it and, and then use it. So like, yeah, if you find it on the Internet, like, yeah, absolutely. You can use it like you're not making money off of it. It'd be different if you took their art and you were like actively making money. Right. But like if it's just like using it for your own because it matches the character you have in your head like great that's fine i oh man people getting all up in arms and upset about that is is crazy to me i i think i i I agree with that caveat especially like if you're making money from this like if you are and you know i think the weird part too and where the lines might get kind of blurry are like if you are running a twitch stream right and playing an RPG with your friends yeah. and your avatar appears on screen. It's like, yeah, ah, probably you're probably you should have paid for that art. Yeah, I'm with you right? on just that. because yeah. like and almost certainly you're not you're not making money on this stream, but you could be. And I think when it's the case that you know, you're trying to produce a product of some kind, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you should compensate. Like you yeah. should make sure that you are clear to use this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if it's if it's for anything other than just like fun use or whatever like a game for your friends mm-hmm. like yeah but yeah if you're streaming it yeah that's absolutely no i'm with you i'm with you on that when i was a beginning dm i would steal everything from the internet uh, <laughs> because i didn't want to pay for anything so yeah. like i i stole maps that you know anything that i could do, right click and save and copy it was mine <laughs> i would it's say an nft <laughs> yeah oh god the dnd nfts please don't make that a thing <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Although there is some questions about Wizards of the Coast, but that's a whole different discussion. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I would <laughs> I would steal pretty much everything, maps, you know, yeah. NPCs, anything anything that you could find on Google Images or, you know, the similar searches I would. I've gotten a lot better now about trying to pay for what I can, yeah. but sometimes I just need a picture of a goblin. And you know where I can find yeah. a picture of the goblin? Google Images. Google, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, I... If I have the money, I buy it, right? Like, if, if, I, if mm-hmm. I've got a spare income and stuff like that, yeah, absolutely. But, like, 
I, I know very few artists who, if you were to ask them, be like, hey, you did this goblin thing. I don't have any money right now. Would you be cool if I used it? Like, they're going to say yes. Like, artists are pretty cool people. Mm. So, like, I don't think you should have any guilt about pulling a goblin off of Google mm. Images, right? But, like, you know, like, I, I'm i at a point now where I'm fairly comfortable and I, I have expendable income. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy a pack of, of NPCs or something like that. Like, I've, mm-hmm. it's kind of a problem, actually. I, I tend to buy too many of the token packs <laughs> and the NPCs. So I'm like, oh, Welcome I to have- the hobby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, again, it's one of those dangerous hobbies where it's like, like with Warhammer, it was different, right? Warhammer, mm-hmm. I could spend way too much money on, and things were super expensive to where, like, I was like, all right, got to walk away. Mm-hmm. This is, like, one of those, like, low to medium, like, uh, purchase hobbies where, like, there's so many things, but they're also mm-hmm. affordable for the most part that you can click and click and click. And, like, just mm-hmm. before you know it, you spent just as much on, like, your Warhammer, like, you know, mech or whatever as you would have. But, like, oh, man, yeah. I spent way too much money on <laughs> twenty. I literally, I literally bought a source book on D&D Beyond just because I wanted one specific race. And I, I'm yeah. like, well, I could pay $2 for the race, or I could pay $30 for the whole book and get all these races. I'm never going to use any of these races, but I have them now. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I mean, especially if you're talking about, like, Wizards of the Coast and stuff, like, their books, like, you get cool art, like, there's stuff to look at, like, you know, you, you get a lot uh, for your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, and they're fun to read, too. I think that that's one of the goals for our book as well, right? Yeah. Like, I, my, so my, my, highest hope my pie in the sky hope here is that at some point we will be able to fund like a deluxe edition right some sort of let's go all out full art full you know gorgeous book that is printed and sits on your shelf and is a work of art right in itself yeah and yeah part of that is being good to read as well it's like it's a fun book right i think that is that is my ultimate dream for this project yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Like you know, we we need to gauge interest. We need people to tell us that they want <laughs> this right before before we'd commit to something like this. But uh, I mean, what might end up happening is like we just print a hop, uh, we just print a couple for like us and our friends, and they say like, yeah. look at this cool thing we had that is you know, impossible to fund. <laughs> but <laughs> but we all have a cool copy, right? <laughs> uh huh. Well, so I don't know. I feel like it's something that could spread pretty quick and easily because you could make them one shots. Right. You, you could. How do you mean? Well, so like the way the missions are structured, right? It, you don't mm. have to necessarily have a bunch of campaigns and things like it, it's something that if you wanted to share it, you could say, hey, let's get together and play this. And you get a fulfilling kind of beginning, middle, end story um, mm. w- within one evening session, I would assume. Right. If you. So I, I think uh, we might have like diverged a bit here, but I think you're talking about like an individual like mission book. Is that, well, is that like, what you're implying? Yeah, in the sense of like you, yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming like yeah, you would you would definitely have to make the book, but it would be like hey, mm-hmm. here's a sample mission, and here's like like you get mm-hmm. like the 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 um uh, the adventure books and stuff from D and D. Except it's mm-hmm. smaller. It's just like a mission, and because of the way the game is structured, you know, it's very much like a bounty kind of you do this thing, or or you know you have like a there's like three different types of kind of recommended missions, right? And you could do like mm-hmm. a one shot really easily that you could people could play and like try and sample and, and ingest the whole thing pretty quickly without having like 
roll up your character and have an intro session and then get you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess you do have those in D and D, but I don't know the way the way your missions are structured. It's very self contained, I guess, as well. Interesting, yeah. Rather than having to write up a whole, you know, five pages of adventure, we could literally sum it into a, like a paragraph, honestly, uh, yeah. and mm-hmm. they can use that to their heart's content. Yeah. So the I would like to have at least a few adventures in the book, or at the very mm-hmm. least a an idea for a campaign. I've in in role playing games that are not D anD D, they don't really give you a ton in terms of campaign creation or or even just adventures. They they'll give you some broad strokes, which are nice mm-hmm. if you're feeling creative. And sometimes it's not so nice if you're brand new to the world and you have no idea where to start. So mm-hmm. I I would like to kind of break that middle ground of being too wordy like the D&D campaigns can be and not giving you anything like some of the, you know, more indie games are. I mean, literally, it could just like because speaking from what you're talking about, like as a DM, like a new DM, it's I I wouldn't be doing it if I had to create all the NPCs, every scenario, Mm. all the plot. Like I can pick up these source books and basically just kind of guide people through it and kind of put my own twists and turns in. So I, I feel like if you gave people like, here is the objective of the mission. Here's a couple NPCs. Um, here's a possible twist, you know, like a couple things like that. I feel like that's enough to, for people to run on. Like, that's all that's all mm. like you need. Like, I just need that little that little bit. And, and I could, you know, I think a DM could take it from there and expound upon it and let people kind of do yep. fun things. I think we kind of have this shortcut as well, since we're an adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people coming into this yep. will likely have some idea of what they'd want to run already. Right. And would be able to point at the show and say, I want to do that. And then uh-huh. all we need to do is give them the tools of, well, here's how you do something like that. And, and yeah. they'd be able to pick that up and run with it. Uh, and then learn how to improvise, I guess, on the fly, because your players are not going to do what you want them to do. <laughs> no. Well, so you can even make like, oh, man, like a, a um, almost like a Mad Libs, set, right? So you, you would have like... Mm. Uh, like a, a group of people you would have bounties for or a group of people that would be mm-hmm. like the villain, right? In, in the scenario. Like a bounty generator, right? Yeah. And I think that would be kind of neat. Yeah. And then you would have like objectives and that would be a generator, right? You have like a certain amount of objectives mm-hmm. and you could have like setting like the planet or whatever. Um, I, I think one of the, one of the other bebop inspired tabletop games I've yeah. briefly looked at is built that way. It's oh, like okay. a, <laughs> And I, I'll, if I can remember it, I'll, I'll link to it here in the yeah. description as well. But like, uh, it is uh, what I remember is that it has no GM, and it is like a one-shot generator. Right? Every every yeah. mission is like you and your buddies are going on a bounty, and it generates all the things you need in order to accomplish that. And yeah. uh, from what I've read, and I haven't read this whole the full rule set of it yet, but like from what I've read, it's very evocative of that cowboy bebop feeling. Right. So it, it is possible to do, yeah. yeah, to to generate those kind of adventures on the fly. Because um, their episodes very seem very much self-contained and like kind of mm-hmm. monster of the week for lack of a better term. Yeah, from what uh, you've seen, yes, from from the two episodes that I've seen, I'm an expert on, um, <laughs> and the, the the Netflix TV show. Which was missing okay. a character entirely. Come to find out, yep. uh, Ed. Yep. Which <laughs> after what I will say, after watching the two episodes I watched, I was very upset that the TV show did not have an Ed character. Yeah, yeah. I think it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have not yet talked about 
I, every time the, the live action show comes up on this show, yeah. we talk about how we don't really talk about the live action show. <laughs> and, we and, and it, you know, no, no judgment. Like it, it, I found it enjoyable, but not great. But it is, yeah, yeah it is not exactly the, uh, it is not exactly the adaptation that we would have longed for. Yeah, you so. got sonic Well, you got sonic before Sonic eh. got fixed. <laughs> I would, I would, I would love Sonic RPG. That's season two. Um, <laughs> we found it. I think this is going to be a recurring section on this show. But Travis, you have generated a new character in our system. Yep. Oh, why don't you talk about her? Uh, so that's that is so appropriate. You don't even understand. So the her question mark because like I want no one to really know their gender. Um, okay. yeah. And their their name is Mama Papa, and it's this. Uh, do you know Ma Beagle from Ducktales? Um, <laughs> yes, I'm aware so, of Ma Beagle. <laughs> right. So kind of a Ma Beagle character, like she or they were like basically like raised an orphan. Uh, maybe had some tragic backstory where like they got married at the orphanage, wanted to create a family. They lost the baby. Well, actually that would just reveal their gender. Well, maybe in the future, anybody can have a baby. I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Um, but anyways, like they, they get turned sour towards like authority and police or whatever. They want to start building their own family. And so as they bounty hunt, right. If they like the person or if they think they're skilled and they want to add them, they give them the option to like join the gang or, mm. Or, or else, you know. Um, so that's like she like her. Uh, this person's goal is to like build a gang of like subserve like 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 family, but like a mafia essentially. Like that's their goal. They want to retire and like have like control of a mafia, but in, in the hopes of like having a family. They're just like a grifter. <laughs> like no, like they're all about manipulating people. Like they can't do anything for mm. themselves really. Like they're 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 kind of like a weak character, but they're very good at manipulating people. Kind of like a reverse bard. Like, like a reverse bard, like a dick bard, I guess. Like a bard. <laughs> so all bards, got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which of uh, so you know, I, I saw you picked a, a bunch of skills. Uh, yeah. What do you think about uh, the skills you've selected, and I guess like how do they reflect this character? So it's so confident for sure. Um, persuasive I, I gave her like middle persuasive because she's persuasive but I because I was gonna say all the way persuasive but then I saw intimidation was like a separate one and I'm like yeah she's mm. definitely more like it's intimidation and she's ruthless because okay. like yep. she will she'll kill you like if you don't join her family so it's, it's definitely like it's a fucked up family like it's not like your normal family grit I just like throw a little bit of grit in there because she's older right she survived things business she can run some business um, yeah, like the hacking, the maintenance, all that stuff is like out the window. Like that, that requires skill that she didn't develop. Like she's like, no, she's all about just manipulating people. So speech got a little mm. bit of that. Um, all the other good stuff, like empathy, no compromise. No, she's not gonna have any of that deception high. Like she's going to be very deceptive delegation. Okay. She's got to like be able to manage the family. Right. Um, and then down at her gunner, basically like a little violent. She, I, I went with improvised weapons because I feel like. Like any kind of like uh, 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 mama papa or whatever is gonna like grab whatever's nearest by to like beat the crap mm. out of you with. 
Um, I feel like, like that reflects their like troubled past is like getting into scrapes and then getting back out of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Use what's around you. Like you, you definitely fight mm-hmm. dirty. Um, blend again, disguising. <laughs> Pocket <yes>. sand. <laughs> um, sleight of hand. She's like a wolf thief. Survival, adaptability, and distraction. And then the rest is yeah. It's like helpful stuff. So no, she's not good at that. She uses people to, to, to do the things she needs, right? So it's it's all about like I, she doesn't provide anything valuable. She doesn't mm. help anybody. Everybody else helps her, and she manipulates them to do it. So like people are just tools, but she says it's a family. I may have just made a villain and not a character. So I, <laughs> I was going to say like because my follow up question is how do you think this person would play with a crew? So so typically, and again, we've had exactly one play session so far, so. The variations are still unknown. But how do you think Mama Papa would deal with a a crew of people now, right? Like you are uh, definitely Mama Papa is someone that fancies to be in charge, thinks that they're in charge, right? What happens when that authority is challenged by other players, right? Yeah. So I definitely like feel like and and imagine that they they kind of play it cool at first like they're 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 just really overly parenting everybody and like Mm, kind of passive aggressively trying to control things and trying to manipulate things and then like you slowly start to see like this person's not a great person and maybe they grow maybe they actually learn to like love their group like they're they're and Mm. they actually care about them maybe they have to go and like they're gonna fuck them over somehow and they have a change of heart (laughs) because they've actually like been through some stuff with them like it would definitely have to be like the crew is like, it's almost like if a character gets cursed or whatever and like starts acting differently, mm-hmm. they have to find a way to fix them. Like yeah. that's going to be part of like that crew. Like, yeah. So it, it depends on the group, I guess. Uh, I've been, you know, practicing game maestroing this as well. Right. And yeah. I've been, I'm still very excited to read people's character sheets because I'm not yet burned out on it. Um, <laughs> and backstories and uh, unlikely Joe there. Uh, I, I read, I read your backstories. Um, <laughs> And and I promise now that I always will forever. <laughs> well, now I have audio proof for when you lie. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, one of the first things I'm thinking of now with Mama Papa is what happens when now one of your, let's say, your favorite other crewmate on this ship has a bounty on their head. Like, what what does Mama Papa do? Well, so, but like. Mama Papa, it's like you you join the family or you she collects the bounty. Like she's getting either mm. money or she's going to get more to her crew. So in that case, I mean, it's yeah, it's like yeah, well, it's cool. Like we well, it would depend on the amount of money, right? If it's mm-hmm. a big bounty, yeah. though, yeah, Mama Papa's going to have a hard time with that. Mama Papa needs money to go after other uh, children. Um, yeah, yeah, it would be tough. It would, like again. <laughs> that's a good conflict like that oh that would be a nice twist to like one of the missions because the missions have twists right so oh yes they do yeah (laughs) the yeah the the way i'm picturing mama papa on a crew is that most likely mama papa is the one with the bounty or or Mm -hmm. somebody that that they've sent to do something has now accrued a bounty in some way and your your bounty this session is most likely other bounty hunters actually hunting you all. <laughs> right? Yeah. I just kind of wanted to play a Mob Beagle character. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, again, the entire excuse of this podcast and this this game we're designing is just so that we have a space to do the things we all want to do anyway. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Creative outlets, hooray! <laughs> just don't think about the impending doom. <laughs> hooray! The approaching darkness. It doesn't matter. Games. <laughs> don't don't look at it. Sit down. Watch TV. <laughs> Who needs ennui? I've got a nat twenty. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a t-shirt <laughs> oh god that's such a specific t-shirt <laughs> yeah travis thank you for being here uh, it has been a pleasure this has been uh this has kind of been a weird episode and i love it <laughs> uh I blame you entirely for bringing this strange energy to us it's a uh, it's fair it's fair it's always a good time uh okay. if 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 people want to find you, if they want to follow you, if they want anything, <laughs> if they want to, if they want some ten dollar frog art from you or something, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm not on social media anymore. I mean, I technically am, but I don't ever check it. Um, my website overstreetart.com. You can find me there. Awesome. Yeah. Next week we're going to cover wild horses, and it's going to be kind of a unique one because. We've got our first playtest in there. So stay tuned, come on back, and giddy up. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've got questions, suggestions, or if you're starting your own Bebop Tabletop session, you can reach us on Twitter, at Bebop Tabletop. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was I'm, waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a headliner. It's fine. <laughs> I'm almost certainly going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope I remember. Uh, <laughs>